All right, we are live here. I'm Pastor Stephen Kiesecker of the Grantsburg Church of God, and uh, we are live on our podcast, uh, Moments of Reflection. And this evening, we have a special guest with us, uh, Mike Wells, pastor of the University Church of God in Greenville, North Carolina, is with us this evening. Uh, I almost called you uh, Dr. Wells. He is finishing up his uh, doctorate and uh, been working on that in the last couple of years. And uh, so we're just excited to have him with us this evening. But in this episode, we're just going to be talking about the importance of studying the Word of God. As I've said in our opening video of what I want to accomplish with these podcasts is take scripture and uh, just expound on it and use it for our understanding to grow ourselves. And the scripture that we're going to use tonight uh, is found in 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 15. But before I read that, uh, I'm going to give Brother Wells uh, an opportunity to uh, to just talk a little bit about himself and maybe he can share where he's doing his doctorate program at. Brother Wells. Well, thank you, Pastor Steve, for allowing me to be with you tonight on this podcast. Uh, as he talked about at the very beginning of the uh, podcast, I am co completely or in the process of completing a doctor of ministry in biblical preaching from Clamp Divinity School, which is a part of Anderson University located in Anderson, South Carolina. And I am actually in what they call the ABD stage all but dissertation. So I'm working on getting everything together for that. And uh, hopefully sometime next year, maybe in May of next year, definitely by December of next year, 2022, I will complete this degree program. As I said, it is emphasis is the emphasis is biblical preaching. And uh, that has been an interest of mine for some time now. And as a 32-year pastor and a preacher, even longer than that, the um, more that we focus on the Word of God in our ministries, because it is such a big part of clergy ministry, particularly when you're serving in the role of a preacher, uh, it is very important to uh, consistently and constantly develop yourself as a preacher. Now, I've been teaching ministry students for 28 years now in a program called Ministerial Internship Program. And one of the subjects that I teach on annually is the topic of preaching. And I always make it a point to uh, share with students that regardless of how many years you are a preacher, it is never fully developed, but it is something that we should constantly strive to do in order to become a better preacher. Now, that does not mean that we're in competition with each other, but what that means is we need to be the best preacher possible of the Word of God. We're not ranking preachers from top to bottom, who is the best, who is the least or anything like that, but we should strive to be the best possible preacher, or for that matter, whatever role we serve in ministry in a local church, either from a clergy ministry perspective or a lay ministry perspective. 
because we've got to keep in mind who we're working for. We're working for God. We're representing God. We're representing Jesus Christ on the earth. And we are his vessels through which he works in the earth and on the earth. And I think that we need to strive to be the very best possible. And we'll get deeper into that as our discussion goes on tonight. But uh, that's what I'm presently doing. Hopefully someday when I finish the program, I will be able to teach collegiately, maybe at Lee University or maybe one of the other schools that I have contact with, maybe Pentecostal Theological Seminary or something to where I can continue to instruct and influence ministry students to be the best that they can be for God and fulfill their role as a preacher. That's just kind of the perspective that I look at it from tonight. You know, you, you said something that uh, struck both of us are familiar with uh, Dr. Dan Tomlin at the, the seminary, Pentecostal Theological Seminary. And uh, one of the statements he makes in his pastoral course is that when the pastor comes into any situation, we are the spokesman for God. We bring God into every situation when that we come into. When somebody's sick and in the hospital, when we show up, we are bringing the presence of God with us, or at least we should be bringing the presence of God with us. Uh, you know, so with that in mind, uh, that's one of the things that I think of when I think about us preparing ourselves and, and digging into the Word of God and knowing what the Word of God says. So when we enter into a situation, because while as pastors, you know, preaching is the, the, a vital, important part of it, but caring for people. And in caring for people, we need to be able to tell them what the Word of God says into their life. So uh, uh, that's that's why I'm excited. And that's why I ask you to, to be here, because I know it's your passion is for uh, studying the Word of God and sharing the Word of God and uh, being the best uh, speaker and preacher of the Word that we can be. So let's just jump into uh, to our verse for this evening. And you know, we're going to look at this one verse, but really it's uh, the whole chapter, you know, talks is an exhortation from Paul to Timothy uh, about ministry. And in 2 Timothy 2, verse 15, uh, it simply says, and to study to show thyself approved unto God, a workman that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. And one of the things, that, and I actually, a few weeks ago, used this as a jumping off point uh, for a sermon of mine, uh, talking about how we position ourselves uh, to hear from God and to work for God, uh, position or to posture ourselves. And uh, one of the things that I, I pointed out was that in this, what Paul was saying to Timothy was that he must be diligent. He, he, he needed to be diligent about what God had called him to do. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, and he was exhorting Timothy uh, to be courageous and to take action. You know, and earlier in this, in, in, in this chapter, Paul actually encouraged uh, Timothy to, uh, for, to hard work and to endurance. Correct. 
you know, so when we, when it says to study, uh, I think Paul had already laid the line down uh, to Timothy that it wasn't just uh, a once in a while lifestyle, but it was a continual process uh, of growth. What do yes. you think? Well, I typically, let me just say it, preface it with this. What Paul talked about, you referenced earlier part of the chapter, in chapter 2, verse 2, he makes this statement to Timothy. He said, and the things that you have heard from me among many witnesses, commit these to faithful men who will be able to teach others also. Now, let's think about that for a moment. Unless we as preachers are faithfully communicating the word of God, and the translation that I typically preach from, the New King James Version, translates at verse 15. He says, be diligent. This is not something that we haphazardly do, but we are to be diligent in our searching of the scriptures, our studying of the scriptures, whatever we do with the scriptures. Because if we're not diligent at it, we are not going to be able to serve or be the mouthpieces of God or the spokespersons of God in the world today. We are the ones that God uses as his vessels to proclaim his word, whether we are clergy ministry, whether we are lay ministry, whatever facet of ministry we serve in, it's important to know the word of God. Now, I know we live in a culture today that denies the word of God in so many respects. And the Bible today does not have the respect among people, even non-believers, some believers, it doesn't have the respect among them. But the fact is, if we're going to be able to, uh, to defend our faith, the tenets of our faith, to show that they are indeed scriptural and not something that we just pulled out of the air and not something that we just make up in our own minds, but we must be able to show people, particularly non-believers. And that reminds me of something that Peter said over there in the book of 1 Peter in verse chapter 3, I think it's verse 15. He says something that we are able to, if I can find it tonight, that we are to be able to uh, give a defense of the faith, the Christian faith. If we're going to represent Jesus Christ, we must be, for lack of a better way of saying it, apologist for the word of God. And when I use the word apologist, that is not uh, apologizing for the scripture. It comes from a Greek word, apologia, that means to defend the faith, to defend the tenets of Christianity, the beliefs of scripture. We live in a culture today that in some respects, they do not believe in the death of Jesus Christ. They do not believe in the burial of Jesus Christ. They do not believe in the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And many do not believe that Jesus is going to come again. So whether we are a preacher or a lay person within the context of a local church, we are to be able to successfully defend our 
faith. And in order to defend our faith, the word of God must have a prominent place in our lives. I'm reminded of what Paul said over in Colossians chapter 3 and verse 16, where he said, let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. And the word richly there means to allow it to have a permanent place in your heart and in your life as a Christian believer if we're going to first and foremost develop in our own spiritual relationship with God, we are to grow. And one of the ways that we grow as a believer is through the word of God. And Peter said over in first Peter chapter two and verse two, he said that we are to desire the word of God as a newborn infant does milk. And we are to have the same desire for the word of God as an infant does for milk. It's formula. And all of us who have children of our own, when they were infants, when they got hungry, they wanted some formula. They wanted some milk right. to, uh, to do, you know, to take care of that hunger they had. And Peter says that we are to have the same hunger for the word of God as a newborn has for its formula. And not only that, it is the word of God through which we grow spiritually. Peter said that. The writer of Hebrews talked about it. He compared it to milk. He compared it to meat. And if we're going to nourish ourselves as a Christian believer, we need spiritual nourishment from the word of God, which is our spiritual food. Now, all of us here, I'm sure you and I probably have different tastes as far as food. There's some things that I don't like that you may like, vice versa. I don't like fried chicken. I don't but, eat fried chicken. But on, but on a side note, I do have a picture of you eating fried chicken. You Well, that's very true. <laughs> But at the, fa the fact of the matter, my point is, unless we eat physical food, we're not going to grow physically. And unless we eat spiritual food, we're not going to grow spiritually. You know, that and brings part a great of that point to this. You yeah, know, we have those different tastes, but there comes a time there's things in the in scripture that is hard to swallow. Absolutely. And, and just like, you know, you may not there sometimes we have we, there's stuff that's put in front of us that we need to eat because we need to eat exactly and when we come to the word of god it, it may be hard for us to swallow but it's good for us it sustains us in that moment in that time of our life and, and you know it's when i look at this and you know and kind of along the lines of what you're talking about that that second part uh, of the first of this verse and he says to study study to show thyself approved Really, that's, yeah. that's a, a presentation before God. Exactly. We're presenting ourselves before we present ourselves uh, as ministers, before we can present ourselves to the church and present the word of God before the church. We've got to first present ourselves before God. Well, we cannot, we cannot effectively speak for God preaching or teaching the word 
unless we first internalize that word. Right. In other words, it has to speak to us first. We have to get it in our heart and in our spirits in order for it to speak to someone else. If it's not in us, if it's not in our heart, it's not going to speak to anybody else. And I, I like what he was talking about there. He said, uh, yourself approved to God. Right. We got to keep in mind who we are accountable to. Who we are accountable to. We are accountable to God as preachers, as teachers, as Christian believers, all of us are going to stand accountable to God someday and give an account of our works as a Christian. Preachers, teachers, lay people within the church, and it is incumbent upon us to have not only an intellectual knowledge of Scripture, but a practical knowledge of scripture. Absolutely. Absolutely. It really doesn't, you know, it's, it's that same old saying that uh, when we're talking about people that uh, people don't uh, care how much you know until they know how much you care. Absolutely. You know, it's the same process here. You know, it doesn't matter what you can say if your life doesn't back up what you're, what you're preaching in it. And that's for the preacher, but for the layman, for the people in the pew as well. Uh, mm -hmm. as ministers, we're going to have to give an account for what we say, how we represent the word of God. But mm -hmm. the people in the pew are going to have to give an account for how they take what we presented to them and how they've applied it in that practical sense because they're going to have to present themselves before God one day. Exactly. It, it is that, you know, that's where, uh, you know, and I, and I thought about this and, and I've probably said it uh, before today we living we're living in a day when more people know more about the word of god than any other time in the history as far as inside the church church people have access to more understanding of the word of god uh, there's people in our pews that uh that know as much about scripture as we do and they're and they're and they're studying and, and but we're also living in the most bibli biblically uh, a time that people don't have an understanding of scripture. They know it. Yeah. But, you know, that's where I think when Paul was telling Timothy here, study to show yourself approved. Because yes. when you study something, you can have, like you said, that intellectual knowledge. But if it doesn't turn into a practical application, what you know doesn't mean anything. Exactly. I mean, it's like, uh, take, for example, my dad was an electrician by trade. Now, my dad studied, he went to school, he learned all kinds of things, he, had to, he was licensed by the state of North Carolina, but it would not have done my dad any good whatsoever if he had learned all of the intricacies of electrical stuff, but never went to wire a house or to wire a building or something like that. The same principle applies as it relates to scripture, not only should we have a knowledge of scripture, but we also should learn to 
apply its principles on a regular basis to our lives. And jumping off on this point of being preachers, application in preaching is one of the hardest things there is. It's one of the hardest parts of preaching is not only preaching the historical background of the scripture or exegeting, rip, uh, tearing the scripture apart, breaking it down and understanding the, uh, the historical background. But okay, people say, well, I've heard your sermon, but so what? What does that mean to me? How can I apply what you said in my life? It's called the so what in the sermon. Okay, you told me Jesus died on the cross. But what does that mean to me? How do I apply that thought to my, you talked about living as a Christian believer Sadly, we live in a day where people are spiritually illiterate, even in right. church, Absolutely. because they don't learn the word of God. Some people today don't even know the basic stories of scripture. Yeah. Uh, so it's important not only for uh, us as believers to successfully defend the word of God, to defend our Christian faith, uh, but also to grow ourselves spiritually it's important that the word of god has a strong presence in our lives as a christian believer you know and where do you think paul was is taking timothy when he says you know study to show thyself approved unto god but then he says a workman that needeth not to be ashamed and, right you know what what when i read that i'm thinking that you know, when we're applying our understanding of scripture, when we're applying our work, we don't have anything to be ashamed of. It's like you mentioned your father in, in electrical work, you know, when he goes to wire a house and when he was doing those working the tans, he took what the understanding and the knowledge that he had and he applied it unashamedly. Mm -hmm. That's because, because he had it. So when we have that understanding, when we've studied the word of God and we've applied it to our life, we go through life and it really gives us to the place that we don't have anything to be ashamed of. Exactly. We can hold our head up, not, not in our own ability, because we understand that it's because of what Christ did that gives us that, that strength. Well, when we come down to the final judgment, when we as a Christian believer stand before the judgment seat of Christ, as Paul talks about in Romans, excuse me, 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 10, he talks about standing before the judgment seat of Christ as Christian believers and giving an account of our works. If we know that we have applied ourselves diligently, that's the key word. That's the operative word, diligently. Then we have nothing to be concerned about. It's like a professional athlete. If you know that you practice diligently, you prepare diligently, and you go out on the field and put into practice what you've learned, what you have prepared yourself for, then you should be not ashamed of your performance. 
Now, again, preaching is not performance. Sadly, some think it is, but it's not. We're not in competition with one another. I'm not trying to out-preach you. You're not trying to out-preach me. Right. But we're contributing together. And Paul talked about in verse 14 of that same text, he said to Timothy, remind them of these things. Timothy needed to be reminded of some things. And if Timothy needed to be reminded of them, God was going to use Timothy to remind the fellow believers of these things as he is communicating to them the word of God. You know, I use the, uh, the analogy of the military. You know, the military puts a lot of effort into training. They take people out into the field and, and they'll spend weeks and weeks training. So when they come to an actual live battle, yes, they are trained to react. Mm-hmm. And that's where we have to study ourselves in the word of God because, uh, and, I, and I talked about this actually yesterday, that Satan's out there trying, uh, going around like a roaring lion, trying to destroy the people i mean that's he wants to cause us trouble that's Mm -hmm. his job yeah but uh you know but the more that we are prepared when he roars we're not fearful of his roar because we know that greater is he that is within us than he that's in the world absolutely you know it uh you know so that training and that studying uh is preparation because we don't know what tomorrow holds right but I know because of the study, because of what I've been through in my life, that whatever I face tomorrow, I know that God is sufficient. His grace is sufficient for mm-hmm. that need on that day, mm-hmm. uh, which brings, you know, to the end of this verse where he says, you know, rightly dividing the word of truth. Right. And, you know, we could probably spend a lot more time than we have talking about those two words there, rightly dividing. Mm-hmm. What does it mean to rightly divide? What, how yeah. would you answer that? Well, let me look. I was just looking in one of my commentaries today, and the guy that wrote that particular um, commentary on that verse of Scripture, he talked about the word rightly dividing in the New English Bible. He used an agricultural metaphor. Okay. Okay, now let me explain that. When he said rightly dividing, he's talking about, let me just look at it right here. He's talking about rightly dividing in an agricultural sense. It means driving a straight furrow. In other words, when an agricultural sense, if you're plowing a field, you're going to want to plow those furrows in that field straight. You don't want them zigzagging left, zigzagging right, going all kinds of different directions. So what he's talking about here, what Paul is telling Timothy, Timothy, you need to be very much apprised of the fact or understanding of the fact that how you preach the word how you teach the word how you apply the word how you exegete the word how you explain the word 
how you exposit the word in preaching is important because if you don't exegete it properly, you can't exposit it properly and nor can you explain it properly in a preaching context. But as it relates to our lives as Christian believers, we must know the word of God in understanding it to know how best to apply it to our lives. If we don't understand it, we can't live it. As you alluded to earlier, our life must back up what our lips are saying. We must live what we preach. And in order to do that, in order to live as a Christian believer, whether preacher or whatever, we must know the word of God and we must be able to apply it to our lives. But we're talking about that agricultural analogy there. Um, first of all, I wouldn't know how to go out in a field and plow because I have no experience in that. Now, if somebody taught me that, I could probably do it. But as it relates to the word of God, unless we know the word of God, we'll not know how to apply it to our lives. And, you know, Paul is challenging Timothy because here's the deal. We know that Timothy was under tutelage of Paul. If you want to say it, this way he was a ministry student of Paul but when Paul went off of the scene somebody had to pick up the mantle and carry it on and that was going to be Timothy so my whole point is we have heard preaching and teaching in the past and those persons are no longer here so that's where it's incumbent upon me and you and any other minister or lay person within the church today, not to so much depend upon what so-and-so said, but upon what the word of God still says. And for example, when Jesus was tempted of Satan in the wilderness, he used this phrase, it is written which means it has been written and it still stands written in other words it was written a long time ago but yet it still is applicable today so my whole point is simply this we will not be able to communicate effectively if we first don't know it, we'll not be able to understand it and whatever. Um, but, you know, Paul is charging Timothy there, as you and I as pastors should charge our people, encourage our people to, hey, take the word of God, not only from when it was written, but it still stands written today. And it's just as applicable to our lives today as it was to their lives then. You know, using, using that analogy, it, it made me think um, about, you know, 
putting our hand to the plow and then looking back. We're not right. worthy of the kingdom if we're, if we're willing to put, because it, using that analogy, uh, and from what I understand, uh, my dad and them used to plant gardens and all of that stuff. And one thing that they talked about in planting a straight row was you would fixate on an object that was up ahead and you would work toward that object so that you would keep straight. You had to focus on where you were, were going. So, mm -hmm. to you, so, you know, so when we come to the place that we put our hand to the plow and we're trying to rightly divide it, we've got to know where we're going so that we don't get off track Yes. You go into the different direction. We've got to, you know, kind of have like a horse racers do when they, when they're racing horses, they put the blinders on so that the horse doesn't get distracted right. by the horse or the jockey to their left or to their right, but they're focused on what is up ahead. Yes. So when we're taking scripture and we're rightly dividing it, uh, the way I would say that is we're taking it and we are diligently taking the scripture working through it and allowing scripture to take us to the end and not allowing our objective to take us to the end. Right. You know, that's where rightly dividing the word of truth, because the word is true. It is. You know, which, you know, pulling all of this here together, I, I, I think about uh, the fact that one in the church of God, you know, our first declaration of faith is we believe in the word of God. Right. The verbal inspiration of the word. Yep, absolutely. And that it is infallible. It is the truth. It is. Speak, speak to that for a moment. Well, you know, again, we live in a world that is, uh, that is filled with many different religions uh, that, you know, obviously we believe the word of God is the truth. Um, the scriptural truth of, uh, of the Bible, both the Old and New Testament. Um, you know, again, we must be able to grasp it ourselves if we're going to communicate it to someone else. Absolutely. It would be like this. It would be like this. You, I know, served in management in a hotel some, right. one time, right? Yeah. Well, it would be like me walking up to you, never having served in that position and saying, Steve, here's how you do it. When you had been properly trained in that management system, that leadership place, and I had not. The same principle applies to preachers and teachers of scripture. Unless we first know it, we'll not be able to communicate. Right. We'll not be able to teach it properly. And in, teach and in this and in this aspect of what we're talking about, when we say unless we must know it, we must first know him. Because I don't believe that you can rightly divide or even rightly understand the word of truth without knowing truth. And Jesus is truth. Well, didn't he say in John 14 and 6, I am the way, the truth, and the life, and no man comes to the Father except through me? Exactly, exactly. He so, was the epitome of truth, God's truth. He was a living example 
God in the flesh, the truth of God in flesh, incarnate in flesh. He was the truth of God. He was a living example of truth in so the whenever, flesh. So whenever we talk about rightly dividing the word of truth, ultimately what we're saying is we need to understand who Jesus was, what mm -hmm. Jesus did, and strive to be like Christ. Bingo. Exactly. Uh, you know, and I, I think that's what uh, Paul was ultimately trying to point Timothy to. Study mm -hmm. to show thyself approved unto God, mm -hmm. a workman, one that is constantly working on himself mm -hmm. so that he can teach others, reminding others in the process, but that he, so he, he wouldn't be ashamed of what he was working toward because he was striving to be like Christ, rightly dividing the words of Christ. Exactly. Because Jesus is the word. Yeah. Well, he's the living word. Absolutely. Absolutely. And his word, uh, is very much still relevant to us. Yes. You know, as you alluded to, you know, so many, they, they discard what the word says, but his, his words are true even today. Yes. Regardless of what people try to spin it and how they try to, uh, to change it. Uh, his words are true because yes. Christ is truth. Mm -hmm. Well, I, I think we've, we fleshed this out thoroughly and I, I think we've done a great job of looking at what Paul was saying to to Timothy uh, in this verse but really throughout uh, Paul you know of course wrote so much of the New Testament and gives us so much insight uh, about living mm -hmm. um, you know our own life because Paul understood it too Paul, under, Paul understood what it was like if anybody in scripture understood what it was right to get scripture and get Christ wrong, it would be Paul, wouldn't you say? I would think so. Yes. <laughs> I mean, you know, from going from trying to persecute the church to writing the majority of what we now uh, take as the word of God is, uh, you know, that's a pretty drastic change. So yeah. he understand what it was to saying a workman needeth not to be ashamed. He, he certainly did. He understood what it took to be approved of God, for God to put his stamp of approval on it, if you want to look at it that way, on him, on his life, on his ministry. You know, and that's saying it like that, you know, I, I think that that's where we use that word, and you, you said it's in the New King James, uh, to be diligent. Correct. Uh, you know, to have his stamp of approval on us mm -hmm. ultimately what we're looking for well done yeah. thy good and faithful servant that is that stamp of approval that we are all waiting to hear yes mm -hmm. and in order for us to hear that we have to be diligent absolutely well i, I appreciate your you being with me this evening and uh and talking about this would you uh dismiss our podcast here with prayer this evening i shall Father God, thank you, Lord, for our time together tonight. Thank you for Pastor Steve and his passion for you, God, and his passion to preach the word of God. And Lord, we just 
pray, God, tonight that what we have discussed among ourselves, Lord, would be used for your glory, the building of your kingdom. Father, I pray that the anointing of your Holy Spirit would continue to go forth and be upon our lives, God, that when we do stand in the pulpit as your representatives, as your spokespersons, God, that it, you would empower us through your Holy Spirit, God, to proclaim effectively and faithfully the word of God, that people might not be hearers of the word only, but doers of the word. And God will give you praise for what's accomplished in Christ's name. Amen. Amen. Well, again, thank you, uh, yes, sir. Brother Well, for being with me tonight. And thank those that will listen to this for uh, joining us in just a, uh, moments of reflection as we uh, look at the Word of God. Thank you so much, and God bless.